Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope, all of you gathered here in the room, and those of you joining us online, we're glad that you're here. We'd like to begin our services with this greeting Christians have been using for a long, long time. The Lord be with you. Thank you. Uh, we believe that's true, uh, that, that the Lord meets us when we gather together. Even if we're sitting at home watching on, on a computer screen or on our phone, we believe that the Lord meets us right where we are. And uh, so whether... Whether where we are is a, is a happy occasion, getting ready to marry a couple after the service, or whether you know, where we are is in the Middle East where war has just broken out, or in Ukraine where war continues to rage, wherever we are, God is with us, and we can be thankful for that. Uh, so let's bow our heads for a moment as we begin to pray today. Thank you, God. Thank you for being with us right here, right where we are. Uh, you know our lives. You know what's going on. Uh, better than anyone else. And God, we are grateful that you don't um, keep your distance from the messes that we make. But God, you join us right in the midst of them. Uh, we pray today that you will help us to enjoy this worship service, that we'll be able to bring all of our cares and concerns and, and joys and thanks, bring, bring all of it to you today, God. And that we might encounter you and your grace and your love. We pray, too, for uh, people around the world, like the, the news that's just hit over the weekend of, of the war that now is raging over in Israel and uh, Palestine, Gaza. God, we, we pray for you to be present there and at work. Uh, we continue to pray for uh, <clears throat> the war going on in Ukraine. And, and God, for so many other places around the world where there is violence, where people are displaced, including right here at home, where people are escaping from violence, where people are displaced and without a home right here in our own community, in our own neighborhood. God, thank you for being present and at work. Thank you that we can have confidence that when we turn to you, you are here. You are with us. So God, would you help us to be aware of your presence today? Would you help us to be open to meeting with you? Whatever it is that you want to say to us, whatever you want to do in us, God, help us to be open and ready to say yes to you today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you're able, interested, let's stand and let's sing. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair, when the saved birth shall gather, Just to rest upon him. 
its promise just to know the same from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Stay. 
invite you to pray with me, would you? Lord, we do desire your word to wash over us this morning. Lord, so that our eyes may see what it is you have for us to see, that our hearts may hear and know what you have for us to hear and know this morning. Father, we thank you for gathering each one of us together. For some of us, it has been a great week of anticipation of great things happening today. For some of us, it's been a little more difficult, but Lord, you have been in it all and through it all, and you've been with us in all of it. And so, Father, we thank you for this morning for your grace and for your mercy. Lord, we thank you that we can trust you. You are a God who can be trusted no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on, no matter what we face, no matter what we have faced, Lord. You have been good, and you have been just, and you have been merciful, and you have been kind, you have been gracious, and you have loved us with an everlasting love, Lord, that we can never understand. Lord, we can never thank you enough. Again, I thank you for each person gathered here in this place and this morning, Lord, for those that are with us online, those who will watch later, Lord. I know that you are with each and every one of us. And I can, I can never express the gratitude that we have for that. that. That you are everywhere all at the same time, Lord. And yet, as big as that is, you love me. And you're with me. And you're with each and every person. God, what a, what a fantastic mystery that is. And yet, what a comfort that brings for every day that we face. Lord, be with this service. Be with each person who will hear the message that you have for us today. Whether it's now or it's later, Lord, be in those words. May your words speak, Lord, as only you can speak to us. We thank you, Lord, for, for your many rich blessings. We thank you, Lord, even for some of the not-so-blessed things. We thank you, Father. And we pray these things according to your precious and holy name. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, now the peace of the Lord be with you. Thank you. Take a few moments, if you will, and pass the peace amongst yourselves. All right. As, uh, as the folks in the room are coming back together, let me say hi again to all of you who are joining us online. Uh, things are a little different today. We had a camera issue that we realized just this morning. So we've got a backup, thankfully, and hopefully it's working all right. But uh, since all of you online didn't get a chance just to shake hands and greet each other, I hope you'll drop something, a note in the comments, or go to livinghope.info connect. There's a little online connect card. We'd love to hear from you and how we can pray for you or thank God with you or anything like that. Um, my name's Rich, by the way, if I haven't met you, hi, I'm the pastor here. Uh, and of course, for all of us in the room, too, you can pull out your phones if you'd like and do that online, or you can just grab one of the little green cards back there and jot your note or your prayer request or whatever and drop it in the offering box that's right there, and, uh, and you can give that way as well, or you can give online like so many of us do. Um, <clears throat> oh, hey, I see we have a couple of our quiz kids here today. Come on up. These guys did a great job yesterday at, the, at their very first quiz of the year. Are you, are you coming up too? You want to? I don't. I don't know who's coming and who's not. All right. All right. So these are the three that were at the quiz. All right. Plus a fourth. So. Uh, yes. Did you Did you want to say something? Is that? I just want to tell you how proud I am of our Bible quizzers. They've worked very hard. We're studying the book of Matthew. We've done the first six chapters of Matthew, and there's a lot in there. So we've covered most of the uh, Sermon on the Mount, which is a great part of our scripture and I just wanted them to can they just do a verse or two for you okay all right okay let's do Matthew Matthew 121 with our first chapter of Matthew and talking about the birth of Jesus let's do that one Matthew 121 Matthew 121 she will give birth to a son and you ought to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Matthew 
Very good. And then we, great, great. Oh, we got to do one more. What? Time for one more? Why not? Why not? So then we went into the next chapter, and Jesus was baptized, and then he was tempted by the devil, and Matthew 4, 4. Matthew 4, verse 4. Jesus answered, Matthew 4, verse 4. Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live on bread And I just, I just learned, did you know that we had another quizzer there yesterday? Zach. Zach was there at the quiz. Where is he? There he is. Zach was at the quiz too, but he was quizzing with the teenagers. So he did a great job too. Yes, we're proud of all of our Bible quizzers. Yeah. Okay, back. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, they did a fantastic, as you can tell, they learned their Bible memory verses to, to music, all right, which, uh, which means that uh, since two of those are mine, I get to hear the, those songs over and over again as I'm taking them to school in the minivan in the mornings. So they did a fantastic job, and, and uh, as you might have heard, the fourth uh, kid that was there for quizzing is actually up in Chicago cheering her mom on. We've got two folks connected to our church, Marco Trevino and Sam Fisher, running the Chicago Marathon right now. So uh, if you want, you can search their names on the, the Marathon app and you can track their progress. They'll be running for quite some time uh, because it's a long race. So if you guys could pray for them, cheer for them this morning, that would be fantastic. We, they, I know they would appreciate your prayers. I texted them both of them this morning around 7.30-ish. Uh, uh, I think they started at 8. I was just saying, hey, we're cheering for you, praying for you. And they both had their phones out, I guess. They both texted me back saying, hey, thanks so much. We really appreciate it. So... Anyway, hopefully we'll get to hear soon uh, how the race went for both of them. And, uh, and then what else do I have in there? Is it just the mention of, uh, of this morning? Yeah, so after this service, uh, we get to uh, celebrate the wedding of Ryan and Allison. So these guys right over here are going to get wed right here uh, after this service. And then after the second service, we're having a carry-in lunch for them. So uh, all of you 9 o'clock folks, uh, you can just stick around after the service is over. And like five minutes after the service ends... We're going to have a wedding, and it's not, it's not going to last real long if you've got someplace else to be, okay? A wedding only lasts 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, it's usually the party, party that lasts all night. Um, so if you want to help celebrate uh, their wedding this morning, that would be wonderful. And if you want to come back for the lunch, uh, that'll get started after the second service, so like 11.45 or something like that. So anyway, I think that's all we have to have up there for announcements, right? Okay. All right. That's what I thought. Um, <clears throat> so this morning... We're continuing our journey through Paul's letter to the Romans. These Roman Christians who are trying to figure out, um, you're pointing me at something. Some, oh, the, the cards and gifts? Are, no. Oh, yes, thank you so much. She's like, you have somebody else here. You have some, remember, there was somebody else. Yes, thank you. Man, last night, Stacy and I got to go to a fun party. I almost grabbed the picture and put it up here. Of, uh, I borrowed a friend's... Uh, uh, clerical collar. I dressed up like a priest last night, basically, uh, and because uh, everyone else was dressed up like 1920s uh, flapper kind of themed, and I didn't know what that would look like, so I thought, well, I know priests like I'm gonna look the same forever. So, uh, <clears throat> so anyway, maybe I asked Stacy if I should wear it today, and she said that'd just be too weird. Uh, so anyway, uh, but we do um, have folks from Lantern Rescue here to talk with us this morning, just for a few minutes. Um, come on up, yeah. I, I would love for our congregation to hear. Uh, and because we've only got the one camp, would you be willing to come on up around up this way? Is that okay? Thanks. Uh, so before she heads back home to, is it North Carolina? Is that where you? Yeah. Uh, she uh, stopping here to, to share with us just a little bit. So. Yeah. Tell us what Thank you. Is. Yeah, I will. Thank you so much, Rich. Um, yeah, last night we had a wonderful gathering of people that um, came out with a, a common heart and mind, and it was for those that... Um, are exploited in their most vulnerable moments. So um, I get to share a little bit about what we do. Lantern Rescue is a nonprofit. We have three areas that we focus in, uh, one of them being human trafficking, where we are working in 11 different countries across the world right now to um, fight for those that can't fight for themselves, um, women, children, and men that are in very vulnerable situations and are abused at the hands of those that wish to exploit them. Secondly, we work um, in 26 countries with regards to um, persecuted Christians. So we work in the Middle East and in Africa, 
um, also even within the U.S. at times, for those that are persecuted to the point of um, extreme abuse or death. So we work to recover them and move them around as needed. In some cases, in some countries around the world, they desire to stay right where they are to continue moving the mission of Christ forward. They just need a little bit of um, resources to sustain them. Um, you know, those are the hard calls, right, that they, they call in and, and you know, need help. Um, but they recognize that their fate will probably be at the hands of those that uh, seek to persecute them. Um, but they're willing to stick around for it. So, And then the third area we operate is conflict and crisis, and that has us in Ukraine. Uh, originally, we started in Ukraine about five, eight days into the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We had boots on the ground because we knew that there would be women and children moving across the um, Ukrainian border into Poland without men and women, I mean men with them. The men stayed back to fight. So that left a very vulnerable population moving across borders, um, and of course, there were people ready to exploit them as well. We we're also in Manipur, India for conflict and crisis because there has been extreme persecution between two tribes, one who is uh, very Christian oriented and the other one is Hindu. And there has been churches and villages, um, you know, burned down to the ground. But so those are the hard things we do, right? But the other part of what I get to do is I get to watch the Lord work in ways that are absolutely incredible. Um, so if ever there's a question, is he live and well? He's live and well. And there are miracles happening around the world. Thinking through um, the Manipur peace in India, the stories I've heard sound like they are just straight out of the Old Testament. When you have cover of fog come across a village while there are 350 men with guns coming to kill the people on the other side of that fog and just a, a fog so thick that these people are able to retreat to the mountains. That's incredible. You know God is moving, right? Moments where same, same fog has creeped in over other villages and people, the bad guys have fallen off of a cliff. I'm like, what in the world? I'm pretty sure I read about this at some point, right? Where there's people falling off a cliff. That, I mean, the Lord is so alive and well. Right? And I think that, um, you know, I could sit up here and tell you a lot of the really hard stories because on the day-to-day -day I watch the absolute evil of mankind work in ways that... Um, would make grown men cry, right? But I also get the privilege of, of sitting at the throne room of God and watching him work as well. So I just want to remind you that you do serve a risen Savior and that he is alive and well and that he is moving on the behalf of those that um, are vulnerable. And I, I want to encourage you especially um, to pray, right? Pray without ceasing is what he tells us. And there's a reason for that because you know, our guys that are on the ground moving this fight forward and ensuring that people are brought to safety, they run on that fuel that the Lord sends his angels before them to clear a path and make a way. And that comes from those that are, are prayerfully entwined in what we do. Um, so I encourage you when you have a moment to consider those outside of just your normal circle that you pray for. Um, there are, in any given time, 32 million people enslaved in human trafficking around the world. It is a $52 billion industry, right? So there's money to be made and there's people that are, are the sacrificial lamb in that situation, right? So please continue, um, continue lifting us up at Lantern Rescue and prayer. We would, we would greatly appreciate that because above anything, that's what moves our fight forward. So I did leave some brochures out on the table out there. If anybody would like to learn a little bit more about it, um, please, you know, grab a brochure or grab me afterwards. Um, I'm happy to, to answer questions you might have. And you can always go to our website, lanternrescue.org. We also have a podcast where our operators are, they talk through some of the stories that we have encountered. Um, you know, there's, with 2,100 rescues at this point, there's some stories to be told, right? But the beauty is most of them, we got there in time um, to bring that hope and that the rescue of Christ to them, so. Thank you guys so much, and thank you, Rich, for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so you can grab Winnie afterwards and, and chat with her, or, uh, or the connection in our church to this is Cheris Cotton right down here. Can you just wave, Cheris? So if, if in the future you have questions about them, uh, you can grab Cheris and say, hey, who was that that came and talked about trafficking and rescuing people? And, and she can remind you, and she can point you toward them, or that sort of a thing. So she's going to remain connected to them. Uh, so... 
you guys can ask her questions uh, later. And next time I'm having a, my brain is skipping a beat, and I'm not, just yell at me, okay? Just somebody say, Lantern Rescue, you told them they could talk, okay? So none of this subtle, like, pointing stuff. All right. Uh, <clears throat> so, yes, we, uh, we are journeying through the book of Romans. And uh, as the Apostle Paul talks to these, uh, these early Christians in the church in Rome last week, we were looking at the fact that, uh, well, a number of times, I, I just put it right there in the first verses in your notes, uh, he says, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. He was writing to a church that was divided along ethnic lines, religious lines. Uh, apparently, at the church in Rome, uh, a whole bunch of the Jewish Christians had been expelled along with other Jews uh, by the Roman emperor. And, uh, and the church just remained Gentile. And so they lost some of those Jewish customs and some of those things that, that these Gentile Christians, not raised Jewish, they'd, they quit uh, eating kosher because you know, they were like, hey, let's go ahead. Let's put bacon on the cheeseburgers, man, uh, when, when we get together. And uh, they just kind of quit worrying about some of that stuff. And then several years later, when the Jews were allowed to return, uh, all of a sudden there were, there were tensions that had probably been there before, but now were, uh, were highlighted and couldn't be avoided. And so he's writing to them, trying to help them understand, look, uh, the people that are high status, the people that are low status, the people with power, the people without power, the people with a long uh, history of relationship with God, and the people with all, you know, very fresh history, a very short history of relationship with God, uh, we're all on the same page. We've all messed up. Um, the rich can't exploit the poor. The, the Jews can't ex- exploit the Gentiles. The, the people with power can't exploit those without. There's no difference. We've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. And because of what God has done for us through Jesus, we all are justified freely. We all are are declared righteous. We all uh, get our sins forgiven because of Jesus, not because of anything that we do. Uh, In chapter 5, he says, uh, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly, meaning all of us. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He says he, he didn't wait for us to get our act together. He came and died for us when we were still shaking our fist at him, when we were still ignorant of him, when we were still trying to do things our own way, when we were living a life just given to whatever our own uh, self wanted to do. He came and, and died for us before we even realized we needed rescue. He was, he was coming to rescue us. Um, which is why in, uh, in Romans chapter 8, we, we read part of chapter 8 at the beginning of the service last week. Uh, because last week we didn't have musicians, we did a No Music Sunday, and we read some scripture together, and we gathered around tables and shared things that we're thanking God for or praying for. And, and I know some of you, uh, you might have walked in this morning saying like, oh, I hope we get to do that again, because some of you love it every time we do that. And others of you walked in and saw Scott up here and, and Dave with their guitars and thought, oh, thank God, we don't have to do that again. Because uh, <clears throat> we're all different, right? We're all wired up different. I had, I had somebody afterwards, you know, telling me a story about a connection that was made that would not have been made in the little three minutes that we get to greet each other, right? And, uh, and a story that was shared at their table uh, that they didn't realize that they were connected in some ways, some shared experiences that they would never have known had they not had that conversation. Um, but, uh, but last week, one of the scriptures we read was from Romans chapter 8, uh, including, I can't remember now if we started with this one or if we skipped down to the end about how nothing can separate us from God's love, but the lead-in for that is this verse that you've probably heard more than once from Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those, and then he continues, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So we, again, being welcomed into this family uh, because God is at work no matter what. No matter how hard our circumstances, God is at work. Um, no matter how hopeless, God is present and is at work. Um, sometimes he's at work through rescuers, like we just were hearing about uh, from organizations like Lantern Rescue. Sometimes, as we've talked about before, our connection to the Church of the Nazarene around the world, uh, some of you have given to Nazarene Compassionate Ministries so that there are funds that can be sent right to a local church right on the edge of disaster, whether it's there in Ukraine or wherever it is. Uh, I just, somebody came up to me earlier and said, did you hear there was an earthquake uh, that killed thousands of people again this weekend? Like, oh, good grief. There's always some terrible thing happening in the world, and God is always present and at work in in each of those circumstances. Some of you have have shared stories with me about how um, you went through some really dark times, some really bad experiences, 
that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. Well, maybe you would on a bad day, but, any, but you wouldn't wish them on yourself. You didn't want to go through them. And, uh, <clears throat> but with some distance from them, you're able to say, but you know what? God was with me. And you know what? Because, of, because I went through that, God helped me to, to think about things differently or to look at others differently or to have more compassion or empathy toward people in similar circumstances. Um, because he got me through my addiction, now I'm able to reach out to others who are struggling with addiction. Um, because he got me through that terrible relationship damage, uh, now I, my radar's tuned to others who are in similar kinds of circumstances. Uh, there are all sorts of dark things that God walks us through. And in all those things, God works for the good of those who loved him, who have been called according to his purpose. And his purpose for us is what he said there in that next verse. For those God foreknew, those people that God, you know, God can look ahead, right, in ways that we can't. And God can anticipate things that we can't. He says he has a destiny for us. He has predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. He says that the destiny that God has for you, I, I, sometimes you come to me and you're like, I don't know what God wants me to do with my life, right? I understand you mean like, what do I apply my energies to? What do I give myself to? You know, is there a career he wants me to go down? Or is there, does he want me to pursue a relationship with this person or that person? Or how does, you know, you're, you're thinking of those kinds of things. And, and yes, it's beautiful when God is able to, to slot us into something that just matches who we are and who we're made to be. And we find ourselves using all of our gifts and all of our experiences come together. And, and it's even better if you're able to do that for a job and you get paid for it, right? Uh, that's a beautiful thing. But for all of us, whatever your vocation, whatever your job or lack of job, whatever your circumstance, one, the destiny that God has for each and every one of us is to be conformed to the image of his son, to be shaped to look like Jesus. And God will use all the stuff of life to do that for us, to, to help us to look more and more like Jesus, to live a life that looks like his so that Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, so that there can be some family resemblance between us and our big brother, Jesus. Now, by the time we get to chapter 12, and that's where we're going to spend a little time today, uh, <clears throat> we hear this verse. This is one that I've, uh, I don't remember when I first came across this. Maybe it was youth group. Maybe it was when I was a teenager. And, you know, the peer pressure is strong. You know, when you're, when you're a teenager, your, your goal, it seems like, is to try to, you, you have to try to find where you fit, right? Uh, even the nonconformist teenagers that are like, I'm unique, I'm my own person, you know, they rebel in like similar ways, right? So they dress just like the other rebels at their school, you know, or they, uh, whatever it might be, right? Uh, we all are looking to find our place, to find our fit, and, and so we, we want to conform to something. We want to fit in. And uh, in Romans 8, he's talking about being conformed to the image of his son. In Romans 12, he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He's saying you want to know what God wants for you, his will for you. Well, make sure you're not conforming to the pattern of this world. Uh, let God renew your mind and transform you from the inside out. I just put in your notes some other translations. That was the New International Version. Uh, the New Living Translation puts the first part of that. Uh, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into, new, into a new person by changing the way you think. Um, I like that. That makes sense to me. I can, I can follow that train of thought, right? There are behaviors and customs that we see all around us. And he's saying, yeah, don't just copy that. Don't just do like all your neighbors. Bless you. Uh, don't, just, don't just do like all your neighbors do, right? Uh, and so they get... They upgrade to some fancy newness in their driveway, and you're like, oh, man, all of a sudden, my minivan's not looking so, you know, hot and nice anymore. Maybe I need to upgrade to some fancy newness, you know, or they, they, whatever it might be, right? You try to keep up with the Joneses. You try to keep up with the people around you, and he's saying, don't, don't copy their behavior and customs. You got a coworker who starts to get ahead because they're being a little extra ruthless, kind of looking out for number one, and you're like, maybe that's what I need to do if I want to get ahead. He's saying, oh, hold on. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, by renewing your mind. Uh, in the, that's called the J.B. Phillips translation. He said, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. Which I, I like that image because it, it makes me think of like those, uh, <clears throat> is it, what is it, like the Play-Doh stuff that my boys like to play with, you know? And they got all the different little molds and things and you put it in there and you squeeze it and it comes out looking like spaghetti or, you know, whatever, whatever particular thing they've slotted into this, uh, you know, Play-Doh thing. Uh, or like a Jello mold, you know, and it comes out looking like a 
jack-o'-lantern or whatever, Easter bunny, all those different kinds of things you can, you can do where it's like this stuff is malleable and it's going to take the shape of whatever it surrounds itself with. And he's like, yeah, we're malleable too. We human beings, we, we tend to take the shape of what we surround ourselves with. If we surround ourselves with people who are uh, hard-charging, career-oriented, who are looking for advancement all the time, you're going to find yourself starting to follow that pattern. You surround yourself with people who are doing good, who are looking for ways to serve, you're going to find yourself kind of following in that pattern. At this fundraiser last night, uh, we ended up sitting with some folks who, uh, um, <laughs> he's a plumber, she's a nurse, although she's retired now from that, and at some point they, they were on a mission trip and, uh, to Haiti, and as they were thinking about, okay, what do we do with this when we come back, what God, the idea God put in her head was, I think I ought to start, help start a food pantry. And they live in kind of a rural part of town, kind of outside of town. And so a lot of the food pantries that only serve people like maybe that live within a certain geographical area, they're out there where like nobody's serving them. And they, they bought a farm. And they expanded their farm. They grow all kinds of fruit and vegetables. They have animals. They, they every week are providing meals for people. I can't remember how many they said. But, uh, but it's because they're following God. And so we're, we're sitting here with, with them, and, and then uh, Sam Burgett's at our table, and uh, Sam, who is a you know, social worker with uh, the, the county sheriff's department and has her own nonprofit and runs the community meal that happens here on Friday nights for the community and reentry services for people coming out of prison, all kinds of amazing stuff. You know, so I'm, I'm looking around the table, and I'm like, okay, I've got my wife, who's amazing in all kinds of ways. We've got Sam, who's doing all kinds of good. We've got this couple over here that's doing all kinds of good, and I was thinking about this kind of thing. And who do we surround ourselves with? Who do we spend time with? What stories do we listen to? Um, you know, sports are in full swing right now, you know, and, and some of you know every statistic and every player. You know, you've got your fantasy team all lined up, and you know what they're doing, and you spend hours every weekend keeping track, right? You're, you're in that world. Uh, nothing wrong with that, you know. But imagine if you kind of surrounded yourself with you know, stories of people doing good, of difference being made, uh, what that might inspire in you. Um, and we all have the choice. Like, you know, what podcast cast am I subscribing to? What radio station do I keep my cartoon to? What kinds of things am I thinking about? What kinds of books am I reading? Movies am I watching? What am, what am I surrounding? What people am I surrounding myself with? I, I, I remember coming across a few years ago, somebody saying, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You heard that saying? Um, that uh, think about, like, oh, who do I spend the most time with? Who do I hang around? How are, they, how are they shaping my life? How are they influencing me? Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Um, <clears throat> I'm reminded, I, okay, this might make you laugh a little bit. Um, I preached on this passage a few years ago, and so as I usually do, I look back to see, like, oh, what did I preach? How did it do? And I was listening to it, and I thought, oh, yeah, I like that. I want to share that again. I was like preaching to myself. Um, uh, <clears throat> I don't often listen to my own preaching. Usually I'm listening to other, other pastors preach. But, uh, but this, this amazing pastor used this illustration. Uh, four-year-old me. Uh, four years older than me. Um, <clears throat> of, uh, that I had heard someone else share about like the news that we listen to or the news that we watch. And he did a little experiment. Um, you might remember me mentioning this before. He, he decided, um, well, you know how we're so politically divided and stuff. What's, what's a conservative news outlet that you might watch or listen to? Fox, Fox News. That's kind of the big one, I guess, right? There are plenty of others. Um, and so he decided, I think Fox News is what he had chose. He chose, okay, for the next month, that's just going to be the news station that I, that I pull up on my phone or that I turn on on the TV. I, I won't watch other news sources. I'll just watch that one. And he said, by the end of that month, uh, at, at first, he thought, hmm, I don't know about that. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure I agree with that. By the end of the month, he was nodding along like, that makes sense, you know. I mean, it, it shaped the way he looked at the different circumstances, the different world events that were going on, the different national events. Uh, their take on it was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And so then for the next month, what's a, what's a news source that might be kind of the opposite end of the spectrum for that? CNN is the big, okay, that's, all right. I don't remember which news source he, he listened to. Uh, maybe it was CNN. But for the next month, he picked one that people said, oh, yeah, that's much more liberal. That's a very different perspective. And at first, it was a little jarring. You know, he was like, oh, man, that's, that's a different perspective. And by the end of the month, he was like nodding along and saying, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, of course. You know, the things that we listen to, the, the, 
the perspectives that we let into our mind, that we regularly turn to, they have an impact on us. They shape the way we think. We should, at the very least, become aware of that. And maybe, from time to time, listen to like, some different perspective. Listen to a perspective like, from someone in another part of the world. You know, so someone, from someone who has lived a very different life than you. Um, and again, you get to pick what podcasts are in your earbuds. You get to pick which radio stations you tune into, which uh, news sources you pull up on your phone. Yeah, the algorithm of whatever social media thing might pick some things for you. Don't just let it tell you what to, what to read or what to look at, right, or which videos to, to watch or follow. Um, seek some things out. Uh, don't just let the world squeeze you into its own mold. Or as the message paraphrase put it, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. And unfortunately, that's, that's the way we usually operate, right? We don't think much about it. We're just, you know, we're moving. We've got some place to be. We've got something to do. We've got people to go, you know, help or whatever it might be. Um, and, uh, and it's just background, right? It's just background noise. It's just what we read for a few minutes in the morning uh, over coffee or whatever. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. It's good, pleasing, and perfect will. Um, because these things, this, this leads us in a direction. Uh, one of the passages we looked at last week, Romans 6, didn't have a lot of time to spend in there, um, but we had a baptism last Sunday, and he talks about baptism in Romans 6, and so I wanted to at least spend some time there. And uh, and in verse 11, he says, so you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. He says, you can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. We have a choice, and that choice leads us somewhere. So he says, the way you think, you know, let God transform the way you think. Imagine yourself dead to sin. Imagine yourself no longer a slave to sin. You know, that, that old life, imagine yourself having left that truly behind and now you have been invited into a new life with God so consider yourself <laughs> dead to sin alive to God through Christ Jesus so then we get to uh, the rest of chapter 12 so that was that was just verse 2 of chapter 12 he, he leads into that by saying therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God this is your true and proper worship it's nice that we all showed up here this morning to sit for an hour and, and listen to a preacher and listen to some stories about, you know, Lantern Rescue and, to, and clap for the quizzers and sing some songs. This, this is nice. It's good. It's a good thing. I'm a big fan, all right, of church. <laughs> I kind of give my life to it, right? Um, <clears throat> I'm a big fan of worshiping together and all that, that happens as we allow the stories of Scripture and the stories of Christ to shape our lives. But our true and proper worship is what we do then with the rest of our lives. We offer ourselves. He's saying you can offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. He's not, he's not asking us to die for him most of the time. Maybe at some point we'll be asked to die for him or to die for someone else. Most of the time he's asking us to live for him and to live for others. A living sacrifice. Where it's like, okay, I am sacrificing. I am giving myself to God. But it's a living sacrifice. I'm going I'm to continue to live a life that looks like that. It's not going to be a life that's just for me. I, I'm dead to that old life. Now I'm alive to this new life with God in Christ. So as we do this, then that's when he says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, which tells you it's all about you and, and all that, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then he kind of gives some examples for the rest of the chapter, what that might look like. All right? He says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God's distributed to each of you. He says, we're all, we're all different, and so we shouldn't think of any one of us as like better than somebody else. He says, just think of yourself like soberly, <laughs> not in like an inflated sense of ego. It says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members don't all have the same function, you know, my finger is doing something very different right now than my ears are, than my nose is, than my hair is, you know, our, our bodies have many members, they don't all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all 
the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And then he just lists a few. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, give encouragement. If it's giving, give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Think whatever gift God's given you, do it. Do it well. You know, run with, with what God's given you. Play the hand you've been dealt. But do it as one part of the larger body. You know, not everyone is going to be on a rescue team, right, with Lantern Rescue. Not everyone is going to stay up all night to help make sure we can shelter homeless folks uh, at the church. Um, not everyone is going to bake a bunch of cupcakes for a wedding, right? I, I did not do that. You don't want me to try to bake cupcakes, right? Um, we all have different gifts. We all have different things that God has given us to do. And if any of us are just kind of hanging around doing nothing, it's like, well, let's, let's find out what your, what your role is here. Let's figure out what is it that God wants you to do in the world as a part of his church, as a part of the body of Christ. Let's, let's figure that out. Let's look for ways that you can use whatever God has given you to, to serve others. Nobody better than anyone else, all of us working together uh, to continue the work of Christ in the world, living as living sacrifices. Then he just says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. He's just giving like all these examples of like how we can live together as one body, as one people. And he says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. You know, live with empathy. Well, as, as he says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. You can hear maybe some of the issues they were having there in the church in Rome. You know, that video from Bible Project last week talked about, you know, there, there was a, a very, uh, very noticeable sense of status in Roman society. These people are high status. They've got power. Everyone looks to them. And these people have very little power or no power and are ignored or pushed aside. He's saying, look, those of you on the top, don't, don't be conceited. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Live in harmony with each other. And if you're being persecuted, you bless. You don't curse. Which he continues on that theme. Next is, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful, what it, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. He's like, the world is watching, all right? And so if that person cuts you off and you chase them down and road rage after them for a month, the world is watching, right? Um, sorry, I was just thinking of other examples. I'll just stop right there. You, you get the idea. Uh, the world is watching. Don't repay evil for evil. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Just in case you need it highlighted, he says, as far as it depends on you, right? There might be someone out there who refuses to live at peace with you. Okay, you create a little distance from them if you need to, right? As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Make sure you're not the one instigating problems. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it's written, it's mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. He says, that's my work. You don't, you don't do that. You love each other. I'll take care of making sure justice happens uh, someday for them. You don't take revenge. On the contrary, he says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head, which is a fun image. Uh, <clears throat> burning, heaping burning coals on his head. Sounds very painful. Um, and there's all kinds of theories as to what that means. I, the one I like best is just, in doing this, you kind of wake up their conscience, and you make them think, whoa, wait a minute. I, I've been treating them like a jerk, and they're being kind to me. Something's, is something wrong with me? You know, why am I being such a jerk to them? They've been consistently kind in return. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We can see how living a life this way could be described as living as a, as a living sacrifice, right? It means there are going to be all kinds of times where I don't look out for my own rights. I don't insist on my own way. There are going to be all kinds of times where I look, I'm, I'm going to take the opportunity to forgive, to be kind when I, you know, kindness is not what is expected. You know, if I was just conforming to the pattern of this world, I'd be, you know, saying, well, that's what you get, and I'd be giving it back to them, 
right? That's how my kids say it. I don't know where they learned that. That's what you get. I think it's from watching some YouTube people play games, uh, video games on TV. And, you know, in a video game, you can do all kinds of stuff. And so if they blow up their house in a video game, then they blow up their, you know, their house in return. Like, that's what you get. They learned that phrase. I wish they'd never learned that phrase, you know, because that's what you get. It's not what we want them to give, right? We don't want them to repay evil for evil. We don't want to be overcome by evil, but to overcome evil with good. And that's what happens. It's what happens in the story of Jesus. It's what happens in the story of Christians day in and day out around the world. Evil is overcome by good. Right behind me on the wall is this cross. It reminds us that Jesus gave his life for us. When we were still sinners, Christ died for us and overcame evil with good. Evil is defeated. Good is victorious. And we get a chance to be a part of that pattern each and every day as we respond in a way that shows that, that we are being changed from the inside out, as, a, and as we live in a way that says, I'm not letting the world squeeze me into its mold. I'm going to be conformed to the image of Jesus. That's the jello mold I want my malleable life squeezed into. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know where I'm going with that one. Uh, picture, now I need somebody to buy me like a, a Jesus-shaped like popsicle tray or something uh, so I can make a bunch of Jesus-shaped popsicles or something. I don't know. All right. <clears throat> We want our lives to look like Jesus in the world. The world is watching. And man, when they, think of, when they think of this church, when they think of Living Hope Community Church, I want them to think, you know, those are people that, those are people that live like Jesus. Those are people that love like Jesus. Those are people who are, are, are good-hearted, generous. And yeah, some of them are a mess. I mean, but we're all a mess, aren't we? And so, you know, but they're getting better, you know? God is working on them, and they're not afraid to admit their faults, and they're not afraid to... Uh, to continue to stumble forward following Jesus. Let's continue to let him, to, let him change us from the inside out. We're going we're gonna to bow our heads, we're going to pray, we're going to celebrate communion together, and then about five minutes after that, we're going to have a wedding. So let's bow our heads and let's pray. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you for loving us. Uh, not waiting until we'd gotten our act together. Uh, but while we were still sinners, Christ, you came and gave your life for us to rescue us, to set us free from the power of sin. So we don't have to live as slaves to sin. We can consider ourselves dead to sin. We can live for you. We don't have to keep just mindlessly following the pattern that the world sets for us. Instead, God, you can wake us up. You can make us aware of the ways that we are being influenced and shaped, the ways that our attitudes and our appetites and our allegiances are being shaped by this world. And, and God, you can help, help us to move our lives in a different direction. God, you can help us to be changed from the inside out, starting with the way that we think. So God, would you please help us to see ourselves not as better than anyone else, but would you help us to see ourselves as people in need of your grace, just as much as that person that annoys the heck out of us needs your grace, just as much as that enemy who maybe has been truly evil to us needs your grace God, I need your grace. Would you help us to see ourselves as part of one connected body, as one family? All of us different, yes, but all of us having a role to play. Help us not to allow the world to cause us to think of ourselves as just isolated individuals doing what's best for us. But help us, God, to see ourselves in the ways that we are interconnected with the people around us. Thank you, God. For some, God, we, the big struggle for us is, is just to see ourselves as being as valuable as you see us. God, there are probably some folks hearing my voice right now who the way the world has shaped them has been to help them to feel worthless, to make them feel like they have absolutely nothing to offer. And God, I pray you would help them, to, that you'd break through those lies, God, that you'd help them to see the truth of just how valuable they are to you to the rest of their, of their family, to the body of Christ. Help them to see the role that they have to play, the good that they can do in the world as your Holy Spirit is at work in them, just like your Holy Spirit is at work in each one of us. Thank you, God. Thank you for the love that you've shown us in your son, Jesus Christ, and for the, the opportunity we have to celebrate each and every Sunday through this sacrament of Holy Communion. 
we offer to you these gifts of bread and juice, and we pray that by your Spirit's presence here, we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood. We are so grateful, God, for the love you've shown us in Jesus Christ. We offer you ourselves, admitting to you, confessing today that, that uh, we have not loved you with all that we are. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We still have a long way to go. God, we are so grateful for the grace that you show to each and every one of us. Thank you for the continuing work of your Holy Spirit as you change us from the inside out, as you shape our imaginations with the stories of Scripture, the, the example of Jesus, as your Holy Spirit guides us down a new path that leads to a beautiful life. Thank you, God, for forgiving our sins, for overthrowing the powers of sin and death and the devil through the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's the reason that we're here. He's the reason we're alive today. So it's in his name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Uh, would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Hey, Scott and Dave are going to come and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion together. I'll be here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice. And as we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice, and eat it, and return to your seats. It's open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today, who are hungry for his grace, who are grateful for his love. We've got the, the regular bread, which is like, you know, a pita bread cut up into little pieces. And we've got some round gluten-free ones. And we've got them, uh, some little cups, too, that if you need one of those, you can grab. Uh, and if you can't make your way forward, but you'd like to participate, on the tables, we've got some little cups. You can peel back and get to the bread and peel it back and get to the juice. Let's celebrate. Let's give thanks to God for the love he's shown us in his son, Jesus Christ. crushed for our sins the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds by his wounds we are healed he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our sins the punishment that
punishment that brought us peace was upon him by his wounds by his wounds one can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus thank you again God for the love that you've shown us in your son Jesus Christ washing away our sins making us clean embracing us as your sons and daughters filling us with your Holy Spirit the Spirit of Jesus Christ so that we might live in this world as the body of Christ, as your hands and feet, each of, each of us extending to others the grace that you have given to us. You are so good, God, and we are so grateful. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.